Greetings, everyone, and before I begin ranting and raving incoherently, I thought I'd tell you about Anchor by Spotify. It is the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need to do it all in one place. And believe me, if I can do it, anybody can do it. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone. And when you host through Anchor, you can distribute your podcast through listening platforms like Spotify and Apple Podcasts and even more. It has everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. And best of all, it's free. That's right, Anchor is free, and who does not like free? So if you're interested or you want to make your podcast today, download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. That is the Anchor app or anchor.fm to get started. Hello and welcome to the Drunken Car Reviewer. Today we're going to be reviewing a car that's pretty legendary amongst many auto enthusiasts and once again talk about GM news. So, have a listen in and please enjoy. So, the BMW has been an iconic car for years. It's held a special place amongst many enthusiasts and probably always will. The car is famous for its sporty looks and, well, more for its iconic grille. Now, BMW has always had a certain expectation from them. They've produced sporty cars and pretty sporty looks. They've never stood out as anything spectacular, but that's never exactly been to their detriment. I mean, needless to say, you can always tell the individual walking out of a BMW car. Usually they're pretty sporty looking guys, usually probably looking in the finance field and genuinely have a certain appeal to them, I guess you could say. Well, we recently got looks and views about the new BMW M3, a car they announced last year to be released to the public uh, to some mixed reviews. But before we get to that, we're going to discuss something a little bit and that's the performance of the car. Now, the BMW's always been famous for their performance, and they have a sort of iconic look to them for their um, abilities when drifting, let's just say. And this car definitely doesn't disappoint. The car's engine produces by an inline six, a decent amount between either 400 or something horsepower, 480, up to 500 horsepower, a little bit more or less. The car is actually really well done from a performance standpoint, and I hear it even drives even better. The car is pretty reliable, obviously. It's built pretty well. Yeah, I mean, you expect all those things from a BMW. And the performance is definitely only improved. The car is, has about, oh, zero to 60 time, they say, in about 0.38 seconds, or 3.8 seconds. 3.8 seconds, ah! Anyways, so the car is a really good car. There's no doubt about that. It still has the performance to knock any other sedan off their feet and the handling to pretty much make it iconic to any other BMW car. But there's one major flaw with the vehicle. A flaw which we'll get into in a second. I mean, the car's always been compared to, well, every other sedan. It's just what's the iconic sedan. It's the M series. Everybody recognizes the M series. That's what we're talking about today, the BMW M3. The M3 is a car that, well, I'm not going to say I was looking forward to. I don't really care about the M series cars, never have. But that being said, what I got when I looked at the thing was almost scared me shitless. I told you all those performance stats earlier, but I didn't tell you about the goddamn looks. That's right, when I heard somebody say this is the face of a car that only a mother could love, I, they weren't fucking joking. I tell you, my friends, this thing is the most hideous piece of shit. I thought the juke was bad, but I don't know if it's bad as a juke that's hard to compete with, but it certainly is fucking trying. This thing is a buck-toothed piece of junk. 
looking from the outside. Not what you expect from BMW. Now, they've had a few controversies with the grill before, but this, this, oh my god almighty. This is hard to look at even. From the front end, you literally are met with these two squared, snaggletooth looking grill pieces on the front of the car that just go from the hood, top of the hood almost, all the way down to the freaking bumper. It goes on for freaking miles, and it just looks like a pair of buck teeth on the front of this vehicle. And it's got weird lines, everything else like that. It's, and you'd say, okay, well, the front side is like the best looking, fine, and the back is decent, but then you get to the side, and you met with some other weird oddities. The car's got some odd indentation in the rear door panel. It's a four-door sedan, so it looks like, all right, and it looks a little bit bigger than the standard ones. You can see that they've widened the fenders, but they clearly have met without one major consideration, the doors. Literally, the rear doors look like they've been sunken into the fender. Like, they've completely forgotten, like, oh, shit, we forgot they had the doors when drawing this thing up. Oh, boy. And decided to sink them into the body and never care about the fender wells. Literally, it's kind of got this weird, awkward slope-in design that just kind of looks weird. But all that doesn't matter because the grill is just freaking annoying as hell. It's ugly. There's no other description or wear for it. And from now on, I'm going to refer to this car in any future episodes or any future mentions or even right now as Snaggletooth because that's all I can picture when I see this thing. A Snaggletooth beaver is about the best description I can come up with this vehicle. And it's pretty damn accurate if you ask me. Oof. Beamer on W. It's kind of sad, really, because like I said earlier, these cars were the basis of all sedans. I mean, before even the Charger rolled out their Hellcat. I mean, yeah, it's sporty and fancy, but BMW's been the basis, the, the car everybody strives to be, with performance through the roof, great horsepower, and handling that just makes it a dream to drive. I mean, you could drift this thing for miles and never feel once like you're about to lose control of the vehicle. It's just a spectacular car. And, well... <coughs> It's hideous. It's just hideous. There's no other way to describe it, unfortunately, my friends. But the new BMW M3 is just hideous to look at. And while there's one major flaw with this car is that, yes, you may have all the handling in the world. But, for example, it would be like the Elephant Man winning gold at the Olympics. Yes, you may have won the gold. You may have been the best athlete out there. But nobody's going to be talking about performance when you look like that. The car is just... It's tough, my friends. Very tough. Why would you design this grill? I don't know. It's almost like some man with buck teeth and got high one morning, drove this thing up, and somehow managed to make this into the car design, bypassing everything from designers to managers to the outbursts of salons of the BMW. It's just hard to look at. Anyways, that's my review of the BMW M3. Hopefully they don't go through with this kind of design, or at least tone it back in some of the updates. Because I swear to God, this is, this, this is, it's a struggle, my friends. It's just hard to look at. Make sure you have a few pints of whiskey before you get into this car. Or at least look at it. Fine from the inside, not from the outside. Anyways, let's get on to a little bit of news, shall we? Uh, GM, my friends. I don't hate GM by any means. My family's owned a lot of GM cars. My brother owns a Camaro. My dad and my brother own Pontiacs. And we owned a GMC Yukon for practically forever. But... GM's become hard to love in recent years. It's just a struggle. And with their new move to move old EV cars, it's even getting harder to look at. And it's only proving more challenging by the constant recalls. As I mentioned in a previous episode, BMW Bolt was being recalled because of, well, the car spontaneously 
bursting in the flame. And well, it's not exactly remedy to just what I had mentioned. I had said 17 to 2019. Well, I was mistaken. You see, they've updated that listing now to every single bolt in the history of mankind. Pretty much. The cars up to 2022 is being recalled. Yep, even the ones that are barely getting released are getting recalled instantly for the same problem. This is the problem with electric cars, in my opinion, because now that you've got, you can say you're saving the planet, but the problem is, in order to get a car to zero emissions on electric, on average, you need to drive about 80,000 miles. Then you hit a carbon neutral point, because it takes more carbon to produce this thing, and then you, well, make the vehicle. Well, carbon neutral. But it's hard to do that when it, well, is blowing up every freaking 10 minutes. And let's just say, like I said, this has not been a problem that's been exclusive to, well, GM cars. They've had a ton of recalls lately, and it's only made it more and more difficult to well, watch. Like I said, I have no problem with GM, and I kind of wish they'd get their act together, because they're still a great car company. But it's getting harder and harder and harder to do. So, with that little bit of news aside, let's discuss another car, shall we? Or not another car, but a little good news from GM. Corvette, yep. If you love the Corvette, I got news for you, my friends. The new Corvette Z06. Yep, we're getting the Z06 edition, finally. The one piece of bright, shining light in GM's entire vocabulary. It's finally getting the car it deserves. In 2023, they will be announcing a Z06. And even more interesting than I noticed is the car is not supercharged. Nope, it is not. In fact, they say it's going to be naturally aspirated, which caught my attention because how the hell are they going to make a decent amount of power? But they say with the upgrades and flat plane cranks and a bunch of other interesting things, they can get a lot more power out of this thing than, well, they initially had. The car, already a great performer, could even see greater upgrades through this new Z06 package. And I am actually genuinely excited. Like I said, I have had my problems with GM and their recent recall stiff with, well, Bolt. But the car generally looks like it's an interesting car to drive. I'm actually very interested in seeing how this car turns out because, well, if it's interesting, hell, and I was saying, well, an arm and a leg, I might be interested in maybe one day buying one of these things when it becomes used. Like I said, it'll probably be a bit more expensive though, probably even for my tastes. While I do like the idea of having a car like that, it's a little hard when it's cost sometimes closer to $90,000. Now the Cor Corvette already see the jump from its earned super cheap price, but it's not like it's an expensive car by any means. The Corvette still is an excellent vehicle, and for the price, it's one of the best deals for practically a supercar that you can find. It's still, well, I have my issues with the design, I'm not a big fan of the rear-wheel engine, but that's my own personal preference. It's still a pretty damn good car to look at, and with the Z06 package behind it, I can't wait to see what the graphics look like. What have I got for other news for you people? Oh yes, I was going to share you a little information, and I forgot to mention earlier, about buying cars today. And more specifically for me, I've been looking at buying myself a Wrangler, because I've always wanted myself a Jeep. I've wanted a Jeep since I was a kid. I've loved Jeeps. But that being said, there's something I've noticed in the trend in used car buying, and that's the fact that you've got to be careful about the pricing of these vehicles. Now the car is, they're not super expensive, they're not cheap. But they're not super expensive, and I understand that with the recent used car prices, they've kind of gone up a little lately. But I've noticed a uh, startling trend in the Jeep, and perhaps even other cars that I've been looking at, but maybe sign a similar issue. And that is to always, and I mean always, check Carfax and their stuff, if they have that option. Why is that? I'm not just talking about accident reports and oil changes and all the other goodies that that site holds on to people, but also the window sticker. 
I've noticed a startling trend with myself, and surprisingly so, not even just with 2018s or 2019s, but even older Jeeps, that I'm often finding them priced higher than the window sticker actually had them at. For example, I looked at myself a brand new 20, well not brand new, but pretty much brand new looking 2015 Jeep at about 30,000 miles on it, really low mileage, and it looked pretty nice looking, it's a pretty nice looking Jeep, didn't really have any upgrades, but it's some sticker packages on it, made it look like an army jeep from the 40s. I kind of liked it. Well, the car was priced at $25,500. 25, okay, good. It's not a bad price. At least I don't think. I don't know what the options are. I didn't really bother to look that closely, but I decided I'd click on the little Carfax button. And that's when I pulled up the issue of the window sticker to kind of match up, make sure everything was kosher. And that's when I noticed something kind of odd. The build per sticker price on this car, to be exactly precise, was $24,596. Somehow, some way, and I mean, somehow, this car, having 30,000 miles on it, and being close to six years old, eight, seven years old or so, not that my math is not my strong suit, this car somehow managed to go up in value. Now, was it a special trim edition? No. Was it any kind of special edition, limited run or something like that? No. And a special engine course, especially new. No. It's just a sport edition Jeep. And somehow this car had gone up in value. Now, when we're talking about some kind of Porsche 911 or something here, we're talking about a Jeep. Odds are this thing's probably have, for once or another, because they've ridden it off road of either being a mall crawler and driving in city streets constantly, or fucking driving off road and getting dirt spray all over it. It's a Jeep. How is it going up in value? And that's what I want to talk about. When buying a used car, always when possible, find the window sticker. And there are sites out there. I don't know them off the top of my head. And there was one that was, I wish I could remember now. But it allowed you to look up the window sticker. It's just punching your VIN and it would tell you about the price of the car. Usually it may not be entirely accurate, but it provides you with the base options that it had on it and allowed it to look up and see well, how much that sticker would be on the car. Always look up the window stickers on cars nowadays. Now, this might not be true in a couple of years or so, but in the current environment and crisis of the used car market, it is imperative that you look this up because you could end up paying more for a car that isn't really ending up being worth it in the slightest. In that case, you may as well just buy a used one, buy a used one, buy a new one. The thing actually would probably end up costing you less. You can get dealership incentives, and if you're smart when you buy a new a new car, you always send in your build sheet and send it into multiple different dealers and see if any of them will offer a deal for you. It's just, I don't understand why dealerships would think this is okay and why this is okay in the market currently. I get we're low on used cars, but come on, people, I'm trying to get a deal here. It's a used car. It's a couple years old. I just don't understand it. <sighs> Anyways, now that I've gotten all that off my head and I still got the image of that BMW M3 series still seared into my skull, I suppose I should leave you all with this little message. When buying a vehicle, again, Always, always be sure it's the vehicle you want. Because at the end of the day, I recently looked at some vehicles and have come to some conclusions. Just because something's surrounded in a golden halo doesn't mean it's always the best vehicle. Why do I say this now? Because tomorrow we're going to be reviewing the car that's been on everybody's minds and been famous now. People are literally offering them for brand new off the factory way over the asking price. And that is the Bronco. That's right, folks. Next week, we're going to be reviewing the Bronco, but not just the Bronco. I decided to do a comparison between its biggest competitor, the Beep, or the Jeep, as I like to call it. Beep. 
I like beef better. Beef better is always better. I like the beef. Anyways, we're going to be carrying the Bronco, comparing the Bronco and the Jeep together. We're going to be looking at their advantages, disadvantages, sales price, their availability, and what new options do they have. And, well, to be honest, it might surprise you to figure out just which one I prefer better. I mean, I love the Bronco and I love the Jeep, so it's going to be a hard comparison. But I'm going to tell you my honest opinion upon what I think of both, what I think the results are, and major flaws with, well, both of them. So, if you're interested in this podcast or you found my droning voice somehow interesting, feel free to subscribe to my insane rants and leave a positive review if you could, or a terrible review. Honestly, I don't care. I do this for fun because, well, there's no way in hell I'm probably going to get sponsored with my insanity. (laughs) Anyways, I wish you all a wonderful day and a wonderful night. Goodbye.